0: Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brazos podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos.
1: We Have Mike Sutherland, who is a former city councilman, city of Bryan, running for mayor of Bryan. Um, welcome, welcome to our podcast.
2: thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Appreciate so, Habitat doing this. And oh, it's wonderful. I was well, president of Habitat it. for a while, yeah. for a little while, too. At the same time, I was president of the Rotary Club. So, well, yeah. thank you
1: for your service. Thank we you're appreciate welcome. it. My pleasure. Um, I really did want to go into your background for a little bit, okay, uh, as far as uh. Not just your background, but then hopefully get to hear a little bit of what
2: motivated you to run. Okay, we're going to start with background and motivation. Sure. sure, let's start background. Okay, well, I was um, drafted in the military in nineteen sixty six, October of, and I spent uh, after that I spent went to flight school, flew in okay. helicopters in Vietnam, and I spent twenty two years in the military. I enjoyed it. I had all kinds of different experiences. I I did everything. The first job I had in the army. Was pick up trash. I was on a trash truck, and before I retired, I got promoted to lieutenant colonel and was recommended for colonel. Uh, and before I retired, I was a, a acting battalion commander wow. for the 420th Engineer Brigade. So, you okay. know, and then in between, there was I ran a military community in Germany,
1: yeah,
2: of about 2,000 military and no, no, it was oh. about 2,000 total civilians okay. and military, both. Where was that? That was in uh, Dexheim, Germany, it's okay. about 80 miles. Southwest of Frankfurt. Okay, it was out in the middle of a. It was a wonderful place out in wow. the middle of great fields. That sounds awesome. vineyards all around. That sounds The great. Germans, the Germans were very very friendly. They mm-hmm. they helped us, but we were pretty well isolated, yeah. so it was a challenge. But we had everything that you have in a city, mm-hmm. from a theater to a laundry wow. to a library. To we had uh, three dentists and a doctor. Wow. Yeah, I mean it was pretty. It was a big time operation in terms uh-huh. of sophistication. Yeah, theater. We had <laughs> gym. We had uh, never will forget my uh, my boss. Came in after I was there, and we had this uh, auto repair shop where, uh-huh. where kids could take their cars and work on them and and repair them and get on the road because the Germans were tough on maintenance on vehicles, yeah, private vehicles. And so these they would park these cars all around, kind of out of the way from the main headquarters, but all around on the streets. And oh, he was upset about that. Why do we have to have all those cars parked on the street like that? <laughs> he says. To me, I said, Well, so you know what. Every one of those vehicles you see probably keeps two people from being involved with drugs and alcohol. There we go. It keeps them off the street yeah. and they got a purpose and they spend a lot of time doing it. So it, we had all kinds of stuff like
1: that. <laughs> That's on. cool. So, so after and, the um, <clears throat> military, what did you do then?
2: I agree. The, my last assignment in the military was here in Brian to the oh. 420th engineer brigade. Okay. At that time, Al Jones was the commander and I was the regular army advisor. At that time you had a, an active per, duty person with every unit that yeah. was in the reserve and national guard, and so it was my purpose to help okay. supervise their training and help them through all the different perils that they have to go through oh, with the okay. with the army reserve system. Was it
1: associated and, with Texas A and M or separate no? They're, they're separate. It oh, okay. Nothing
2: to do with Texas A and M. There was a lot of kids from Texas A and M that were in the national. I mean, the army reserve mm. to get their yeah. uh, scholarships and stuff like that down. So, Got it. but it was I was just it was separate operation altogether.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then did you go into politics pretty quick after you got out, or it was a little bit of time? No,
2: it was – I retired in 89, so I spent five years here before I retired. Yeah. And so I got to know the community, and I got involved in Rotary and all kinds of different projects like that. Okay. uh, And then I just slowly worked into it. And what what got me um, in the local politics was the – in the Rotary Club, the the, uh, single member – I mean – that large district person was in the road club with me. I sat with him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did. At that time, I had an insurance agency, so I was quoting homes. Oh, okay. And so I, I quoted a home in Bryan and I quoted mm-hmm. a home in College Station. And I said, wait a minute. Did you make a mistake? Because there was 10% difference in oh. the pricing. So I couldn't figure it out. So I got a house that two quotes exactly the same and changed the zip codes. Mm-hmm. And so then I looked into that, and the, there's a fire rating for each town. Mm-hmm. And college station fire rating was two and we were a four. Ah. And so I started looking at what we had and I said, I don't understand. So we paid 10% more in insurance than they did in college station. Mm-hmm. So I got to looking around. I said, I don't understand why that is. Why? Why are we paying more? We got all the same equipment, break yeah. people, all that jazz. Why? And so uh, I asked the guy to sit across the table from me, didn't answer me. Hmm. So you know, I asked him a couple of times over a couple of months and didn't get an answer. So then, I called the city I said, hey, what about this? Didn't get an answered there either. Hmm. So uh, that's when I decided to run because I want to get that straightened out. Oh. And so that's one of the things that happened is I pressed that all the time. Mm-hmm. And we got to the point where we got a two, like they got a two. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, they can get a one, but I don't think there's any reason to have one because you don't get any lower insurance. Mm-hmm. And there's really no significant difference. It's like, what's the difference between a rocket that's a 90% hit or 85% hit, you know? Mm-hmm. You still got them, you know? so Yeah. <laughs> So that's how I got started with that. That was at large? And I ran it ran at large, yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Won that seat. And then you went on to represent a uh, single member district four, or was that later?
2: Four. It was okay. after I spent two terms there. I spent six years okay. there, and then I uh, was out and then got elected to single member district four. Uh, Stayed okay. in there two terms, and during that process, they extended uh, the, the uh, time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I mean, the, the date of the elections, it went from May to November. So okay. that's how I got six, six more months. Got it.
1: In terms of you alluded to how very often, you know, you were the lone vote mm-hmm. out, or maybe we talked about it off the air, mm-hmm. but, um, that was the case, uh, especially since I've been following Brian politics, mm-hmm. um, there, there were a lot of votes where you were the opposition.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, would, it, I would, rather say, uh, uh-huh. uh, Not the opposition as opposed to a difference of opinion.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's probably better. Um, How do you think the Sutherland um, mayor and the office behind it, Mm -hmm. how do you think they're going to function compared to some of the other opponents? Or let me rephrase it. Um, The fact that you've been having different views for so many years, are you going to carry that into – becoming mayor to where it may be difficult to have any consensus on anything.
2: No, there'll always be consensus because there'll always be people four people that agree. So it doesn't matter really what my view is. I'll just set the agenda and we'll talk about things and bring everybody's position. What I think needs to happen is whether I get voted against or not, I need to be able to, and anybody needs to be able to represent their position, explain why they're doing what they're doing. So maybe somebody else can say, well, you know, maybe part of that's good for me. So Mm -hmm. they may change their position or move down a little bit or up a little bit. You know, they, they, you do have some impact because the way those, uh, plus, but everybody's going to be new up there. It's not going to be the same people. So Mm -hmm. it'll be a whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think I phrased that the best, but, uh, forgive me if it was rude or something. No, no, (laughs) no,
2: that's the way it is. And I've been, I have been, um, ask about that on the radio several okay. times about being troublemaker pot stirrer that's what pot sir. yeah that's what the guy says i said <laughs> you know th- the problem for me is that growing up it was the same thing but in the military you're taught not to pass up a problem right if you see a problem you stop take a look at it and see what needs to be mm. done that's all there is too because in that position though life and death can come about you know right death can come about if you miss something that you shouldn't have missed but in the city operation, it's not life and death so much as it is people's lives. Mm-hmm. The they're not the living of their life. It is the living of their lives, but not where they live or die. It's right. about how well they can live in the area. Right. So if I correct something and you got an issue and you bring it forward and you, we correct that, the whole town can be corrected and, and it'll be a wonderful place to live. That's my yeah. that's my goal to correct things that need to be corrected. Not there's not enough. You, I mean, you don't have to go around and look for things that mm-hmm. are to fix. There's a lot of things that present themselves to you. Like,
1: what would be a couple examples?
2: Well, in the, things in the past, people have had issues with zoning, either businesses okay. or individuals. It's just the the neighbors don't take care of whatever it is. The streets mm-hmm. aren't taken care of, mm-hmm. you know. So those kind of things need to be uh, put on the table somewhere. So what I, the way I work it is that if you have an issue, I look at it. If I can have an impact on it, I do. If not. I take it to the staff. If the staff can't have an impact on it or there's something some something that blocks them from yeah. taking care of it, then I take it to the council. Okay. And during the time, let's see, it was when Raphael was on there, we put 200 items on the agenda. Wow. Because there's two people can put something on the agenda. And uh, there were issues that people had problems with that couldn't be solved otherwise that the council had to look at. Okay. And then, so once you the you take it to the council and it can't be solved there- and the people are still pers- still persisting. Then you can change the charter, and I wrote twenty seven charter amendments, and seven of which were adopted. Uh, but that has to be voted on by the people. So it's a process. You know, you just you know, It's not walking around town and oh, we're gonna fix that. You know, it's if the pe- if it's bothering the people, that needs to be watched and yeah. looked at and taken care of as possible.
1: So the city of Bryan has been seen for a lot of years as the quote. Slightly more affordable of the two cities, Bryan and College Station. Now, some people will debate that, look at it differently, but that is a pretty common view. Um, it's becoming less and less affordable, especially for low income families to be able to afford, especially housing. Yeah. Um, but then a number of other things in this town. Um, more of them seem to be thinking about or even leaving the city itself, going to the county, going to, um, towns surrounding it, mm-hmm. do you think there's still a place for low-income families in Bryant?
2: There's a place for everybody. Okay. And The problem, however, is uh, like I was saying earlier, it's a dilemma. Mm-hmm. Number one, the biggest thing I see, I'll get back to the question, the biggest thing I see is that <clears throat> A&M has about 30,000 people that take care of the grass and the janitorial and all that stuff. And and they put them to a contract. They give them to a contractor. Yeah. And so that contractor doesn't pay nearly or have the benefits that A&M had. So those people are the ones that are kind of left out right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I know the REACH project, I'm familiar with them. I have them get started. Yeah. And um, the REACH project deals with them and most of them are in Bryan. Mm -hmm. And so somehow if you don't take care of them and people don't like that a lot of people don't like that take care of because they don't want to spend any more money. Right. But the problem is I think you're going to spend the same amount of money whether you take care of them or not, because there's going to be other issues developed with that. Mm-hmm. Homelessness and all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I see the currently see the rise of homelessness. Mm-hmm. So it, it, from an altruistic standpoint, you got to take care of them. But from a business standpoint, you got to take care of them because if you don't have them, you can't have A&M. What's A&M going to do without yeah. those people? It's a good point. It's a key thing to a and M. I I mean, you can say, you know they're way down. They're not a professor. They don't teach anything like that. But it's like having a sewer system. Mm-hmm. You can't have a town without a functioning infrastructure, right? And so we got to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't advocate a lot of giveaway programs. It's like y'all do. Y'all don't give away. Mm-hmm. You have a hand up, That's and so right. and there's a there's many. Okay, number one, one of my opponents advocated and got elimination of mobile homes on private lots. We had about 600 mobile homes in Bryan that were uh, older, but they were on. They weren't in the mobile home park. They were on their own lot. They'd been inherited, right. and they got rid of that. So that's 600 units of low- to moderate-income housing that's not going to be available yeah. pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And there was no reason for it. I mean, they said it was for, well, we're going to help them mm-hmm. get out of that spot, but they weren't offering any way to get out. <clears throat> yeah, They were just saying, mobile homes has gone. We're going to get out. you know. So, and I told them in the meeting, in the council meeting, I said, you know, if you if they could, they would have changed their life already, but they can't. Mm-hmm. And so if you take their house away from them and make them buy something they can't afford, they might lose everything. Right. So you got to really partner with them to mm-hmm. get that taken care of because they we need those people. They have to be here. Yeah. You can't just say, go to Hearn or go to Franklin or go somewhere else. You can't say that. Right. Now, what's happening in College Station, however, is that the pricing of things because of the concentration. I mean, they're... Mm-hmm. In ninety, they were sixty thousand. Now they're one hundred twenty thousand more, right. and so that's driven up the prices alone by itself. And as A and M grows, that drives the prices up more. Yeah. And since so the children want to be over there by A and M, they go to Blinn or not, that's you know a function of that. And right. so, the people that used to live there, low to moderate income, mm-hmm. can't live there now. Yeah. So, and you know maybe some of the people on the council say, "Well, we don't need to take care of them." Mm-hmm. I've heard them say that. I've known yeah. people that they talked to. We don't need to take care of them. And I'm thinking, well, number one. Are you a Christian? <laughs> I mean, don't you get taught that to take care of people? And number two, it's not like we don't have the money. It's not like we're destitute. I mean, they spend $200 million on a park. That's my number after I went through a bunch of things on that super park. Oh, yeah. They have about $200 million in the bank all the time. And plus, they get like $50 million new money this year alone, this wow. year alone. And, and that. And we have that BTU. That mm-hmm. BTU makes money hand over oh, yeah. fist. So it's not like we don't have the assets. And the other aspect of that is going back to the, out, the business point is that the better we look, the better off everybody. Look and, you know, actually correct mm-hmm. the way things – you have to be neat, tidy, and clean, you know. Yeah. And, and the people out like in Merrimont and Traditions, they're not judged by College Station. Mm-hmm. They're judged by Brian. Right. The lowest of us. That's the problem, and so you can't get that past that that what you're what you're talking about looking better or f- doing better for people until you get things under control that help everybody, yeah, like y'all do, like Habitat does,
1: yeah, so a key part of what we've just been talking about, the affordability factor is affordable housing, um yes, sir, obviously, we do a little bit of affordable housing yes, sir. um some other organizations do. Mm-hmm. Um, But we tend to take the viewpoint that uh, a lot of the issue of unaffordable housing is supply, that things just aren't getting built the way that they need to, whether it is a rental situation or a new house. Um, Do you have any ideas for the future of even – to a small extent, uh, affecting that affordability issue, meaning prices being too high for families
2: to be able to afford. Well, you know, there's a lot of rules you can make. Right. And uh, I think the the uh, – uh, y'all take people that are in substandard housing. Right, for the most pu- part, yeah. And put them into a, a, a more a, – you know, brand new yeah. place, actually. Oh. And so, yeah. so in that regard, you can – Put some pressure on the people that don't maintain their houses to maintain their houses, Uh and there's communities in other parts of the state to do that. And I Mm -hmm. think College Station is thinking about doing the same thing, some Mm -hmm. kind of real inspection, so that everybody has to meet a standard. Because I know there's there's people there's illegal uh, illegal aliens or non documented folks that are taking advantage advantage of, and they put them in sheds and all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. So -hmm. that needs to be looked at. Number two, there is a tremendous amount of money available. To build housing for low to moderate income people, mm-hmm. and I've helped um, three different groups do that. With the, okay. have you ever heard of the nine percent tax credit deal? No, I haven't. Well, there's a program that these particular people were building to, and it must be a lot of money in it because there was several. There's, there's, there's tremendous competition in it, mm-hmm. and um, it would be really great for a town or like Habitat to get involved mm-hmm. with because. Uh, you know, it fits your mission and right. taking care of the city. So I've, I've advocated to do that to get those bids in there, but I never have gotten the city or haven't oh, to take it. Okay. So that would be one of my efforts because oh. there's there's okay. there's all there's, besides just repairs, because y'all have some repair money. The the feds have repair money, but this 9% tax credit, you can build hotels or, or you can build duplexes. I mean, there's a very yeah. number of things you can do with it.
1: Okay. Where do you stand on um, – I know Austin is a city that's done this, a number of cities Austin, in Texas. Dude. Austin, oh, Texas. Take, oh, th-
2: As a city, city.
1: Um, I'm saying where do you stand on Brian looking at like an affordable housing bond or something like that? I haven't seen it brought up yet, but
2: where well, would you on Well, you know, I wrote that? a charter amendment on that. Oh, did you? I did. It didn't get passed. They ah. threw it in the trash, but um, I, mean, I mean, it didn't get to the vote either. Mm-hmm. Because the in, in, in way, way that one was done is that every year they'll do a, a survey on right. a housing, what we need, and come up with a way to get 20% solved mm-hmm. and a certain amount to put against it. But, but that's where these, these programs with the state and the feds come in because they're available. Right. And you can do it with that. The problem is the people that build them have to supervise them. Mm. If they don't supervise them, somebody's got to supervise them because the bad guys come in and take over and it m- makes a big mess. New Orleans is a like a, affordable rental. Yes, uh, right. Developments they're, they're rental. What right. You're yes. And okay. they can be multi story. They can be duplexes. Right. There's right. several of them in Bryan. Right. The one that I helped I remember last with the guy I passed some cancer is out there next to the UPS store. There's a mm-hmm. apartment con it's not a like apartment, it's duplex complex. Okay. That's from that nine percent tax credit. He's got one in college station and then uh, there's one another one in Bryan out on Sandy Point Road. Hmm. That's a multi story deal. Okay. But they they they're practical. I mean, they work by supervision, supervision, supervision. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: we may come back to the uh, affordable housing topic okay. again. Yeah. Obviously, that's a focus of ours. But yeah. another thing. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Yeah, we- no. I'll
2: wait till I come back. You sure. Okay. Okay. So I'm-
1: yeah. okay. I wanted to make sure we had time to touch on um, Brian and how it shares information. Some people will call it transparency. Um we have to follow what both cities, Brian and College Station, are doing on a regular basis to make sure that the, the interests of Habitat, you know, is, is held. And the thing I've noticed is, and I've heard complaints from others, is that Brian seems to be a little bit more difficult to follow than College Station is in terms of the information put out there, how it's provided. Um, there's nothing I've seen that's, you know, wrong in a legal sense, but it just isn't, doesn't seem to be as open. Um, sorry if this is a leading question, but what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that there's an issue?
2: Yes. Hmm. I think there's an issue and I fought against that. The 12 years I was on the council Hmm. I've written. I think that I don't know if it was an ordinance, It was a charter amendment too about, no, it was an ordinance about, I tried to get him to simple thing like, uh, If there's going to be a zoning change in your neighborhood, only people within 200 feet have to be notified and only two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. That's way too short. That's way too close time. So that needs to be done to better communicate with people on what's happening in their neighborhood where they bought a house where they live to raise their kids. Sure. Their neighborhood. And, And if you do, if you're communicating with people on those kind of things, they better understand what you're trying to do if you need to do it. But if you don't need to do it, they'll tell you. That's the problem. And, and being transparent is something, it's not native to the city council. I mean, it's not being, telling people what you're doing. For instance, College Station spent five hours this week in their council meeting mm-hmm. because they had a lot to talk about. They had, a, like me, they have a lot of suggestions to offer. And every one of them usually has a difference of opinion on what to do. Right. But they talk about it as opposed to shut people off like the city council does here. And they come to some kind of agreement somehow. Some, usually some people will vote against it. There'll be a couple people vote against it, but overall they come up with a better decision and more people are happy with what on the council with what they did because they get to discuss it.
1: They also have nine hour
2: meetings. Well, okay. That's that's the, (laughs) that's the price of doing business. Right. That that business. I mean, when you get elected, you get elected to do the business. Yeah. (laughs) You don't get elected to do when you want to. Sure. And if it's easy, you get elected to do the business. And if you don't like that, get off, go somewhere else. And the other thing too, is that things like, I think it's a function of education because just because you get elected doesn't mean you know what you're doing right. in the operational part, in the governing part. Mm. And there's no school that you go to. If you hadn't spent time like I did going to like the Z where the mm-hmm. critical part of the information flows, if you right. don't go there, find out what's going on, you don't know. For instance, they spent at the last council meeting, they spent, I guess it was about an hour. Most of the council meeting mm-hmm. was, was about an hour. They were supposed to be talking about the budget, but they talked about the tax rate. But the budget is five hundred million dollars. The increase in spending is fifty six million dollars. And the tax rate that they were talking about was only like a two million dollar deal. Million actually. Mm. No, it wasn't either it was eight hundred thousand after the mm. final suggestion came in. Mm. So they're talking about eight hundred thousand dollars when they're spending five hundred million and fifty-six million new. They never said a word about that. And one thing and if you there's another thing that they don't do is they don't give any management indicators. Mm. You know, every job you have, you have something to look at yeah. to tell, you know, at a, at a, you know, just a glance what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so the only thing you have is the budget. So you go through the budget, and if there's an increase or decrease that's out of whack, mm-hmm. you need to look at it.
1: Yeah.
2: And there is one on this budget, besides the 56 million increase, is uh, the police department. No. The police department, most everybody else got a 14% increase if they got one. The police department got 3.3%.
1: Did you say 14% for mm-hmm. the other
2: departments? Mm-hmm. Wow. And the biggest, that's the biggest number on there. 3.3% yeah. increase. Are you kidding me? With all that's going on with our children, all that's going on with people getting shot, all right. the upset that's going on that the police need to be involved in 3.3% and not one of them ask a question about that. Not yeah. one of them, you know, because there's, there's all kinds of methods now that we can use to stop the shootings in this, in the schools. Since you've I mean, there's, they got in there, right. and started working on it, and um, and there's also equipment that the military has with those little drones. Mm-hmm. They can fly a little drone into a hole and knock a guy out. Oh wow! Without endangering anybody else,
1: that's pretty cool. Oh, I know.
2: <laughs> and so we need to be looking at stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, why put those kids in jeopardy because you're afraid to go in or you don't have equipment to go in mm-hmm. when a little thousand dollar drone can take care of them? There we go. So that's why I'm worried about that, and then. I went to a meeting the other day, I was questioning about that, saying that 3.3%. And they said, Well, you can't control the budget. I said, Who's supposed to control right. the budget? I mean, <laughs> you guys are in charge. And number two, they said, Well, that's the school system. Well, hmm. it's the school system until the shooting starts. The, sh- the school system is obligated to keep them keep them out. But once it starts, sure. that's the police department. Right. The police department, if it's in Bryan, that's the police department, which most of, the, well, all the schools would be out of steering, Bryan, So Police department, and then the next person is the mayor. He's in charge of the disaster. That's by law. And so if you think that we don't have a play in those schools and taking care of them, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And the other thing, too, is that they have to take care of us, and they have to take care of themselves. I think next to the children probably taking care of themselves and making sure they have the right stuff to do it with is really important. And number two on the police department, on three or four, wherever we are, I don't know, I lost track, is that, the most important thing a policeman can do besides find the bad guys is shoot them, you know, mm. get them out, take them out. Yeah. And they don't go to the range enough. Ah. They that's are
1: saving They're
2: saving and stuff, money yeah. and the city won't spend the money on it. Mm. So they need to have the, whatever they need. They need to have it. Yeah. I don't care what it is because yeah. they're going to take care. Of, they're going to protect us, our children, and themselves so they can live to fight another day. Mm. And so that's the transparency we need comes from them on the council, knowing what they're supposed to do and, and checking everything to make sure it's right. Yeah. And so they, there is, if they can, if, if, if the current council can eliminate communication with you, they do. They also took out the broadcast of the here citizens. Mm -hmm. So they are very less effective because people, people watch you say something and your friends say, Oh, I got the same problem. Or somebody you don't even know says that. So that encourages people and they don't, Feel alone, so it's a way to bring people together too. Right. So, I mean, but they eliminated that. So it's not on TV, and it's at five thirty. You know, and they they're really strict about three minutes and all that stuff. Right. Anyway, so that those kind of anything to make the citizens know what's going on needs to be done. Yeah. And I'll have meetings all over town, engage people because it's if if you feel connected, you're a lot easier to deal with when there's problems. Sure, that makes a lot. of sense You don't feel connected, it's trouble.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So this is going to be a very broad question, but um, where do you see the city, city of Bryan, headed in the next decade, 10, 15 years? And where do you want to take it, if you have any ideas?
2: Yeah, I think, that? well, like the concerns I was telling you. But yeah. I think I'd like to see, when I first got elected in 06, somebody asked me that question. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'd w- I want to see. Everybody lives in College Station want to live in Bryan. And this guy I was talking to said, that ain't no go. I said, well, think about it. What would you have to do to have that happen? You know, you got to take care of your streets. you got to take care of yep. your infrastructure. you got to take care of your people. There's two things in the city. There's the people and the equipment and infrastructure. you got to take care of both of them. You can't let one lax. So what, what we're talking about, what I'm worried about is that if we, I, I don't know why we've got the low to moderate income, but we got it. And that low to moderate income thing supports A&M. And they got it. They are the driver from around here. So if they're not taken care of with the support they need, we've got a problem. And I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I I didn't get, I didn't volunteer for the military. I got picked, but I made the best of it. Made a career out of it. So that's what we have to do. And those people have to be cared for. Mm -hmm. If you don't think of it as a Christian thing, it's an economic thing. They are an economic driver because they do so much. They spend so much money. I guess the most of them just spend every you know everything they have, so they put a lot of money in the economy. Sure. So you got to watch out for that. So housing, and that that I don't know what price range it is, but housing, and then the people that can't afford any housing, mm-hmm. we have got to watch out for that too.
1: Yeah, yeah, but so, it'll cost a lot of money.
2: Though. Well, two hundred million dollars on a park, huh? <laughs> and my numbers say that that thing's going to cost five million dollars a year
1: think so yeah a year
2: no i i think so i just added up the numbers they gave me when they first started looking at it okay. it was five million dollar loser
1: oh five million dollars a year
2: yeah okay but it costs 200 million to build it Right. right between 100 between 150 and 200 million because they don't report all the numbers hmm. you gotta dig them out
1: yeah okay so i see what so, you're saying so now. so we got to
2: get the the goal is to make us a city on the hill right. to make us look as good as we can Start on Texas Avenue. I sent, when when Mayor Nelson got elected, I went down Texas Avenue with a cell phone out the window, <laughs> took a picture of all that stuff. I said, oh, nice. here's where you need to start. <laughs> here's where you need to start. This is where people, this is how people judge us right away.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, they yes. do that. I mean, they do, you know, where you your clothes or whatever. It is. Uh-huh. They, they judge the way you look. Right. And a lot of people, new people, like I moved around a lot. And so that's the way I figured out where to go if, if something was trashy, you know, like especially a business that you need to help from, you're going to go in there. You're going to go in neat, tidy, and clean. It doesn't have to be a mansion, but it's got to be neat, tidy, and clean look like they know what they're doing. Right. And you can't do that without taking care of people. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's true. Thanks for joining Think Brazos, our podcast. Um, Before we go, though, is there anything you want to say to the people watching this, or how can those people get in touch should they want to do that?
2: Okay. Uh, My email is Mike at Sutherland from mayor.com. Okay. And my cell phone number is 979-229-7805. And I'll answer it. If I can't answer it, if I'm dealing with somebody else, I'll call you back. Leave a message. And the other that too, is if you have an issue with the city of Bryan, you know, you need something fixed, yeah. leave me a message, and I can just transfer your message to the city, and mm. they can start working on it right away. Mm. And we'll follow up that way. Yeah, and I want, I'm, I'm looking forward to being mayor because I've got so much experience in dealing with the things that I see mm-hmm. as the pot stirrer, yeah. but as a as a mission to take care of people, I have a lot more experience to do that. Understand the system. You have to understand the system before you play the game. Got to know the rules before you can play the game. Huh? Yeah. So that's what I do. I know the rules. I'm All ready right. to go.
1: All right. Well, this has been uh, Mr. Sutherland, Mike Sutherland, or the mayor of Bryan. Thank you. Yep. Thank
0: you. The Think Brasses podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brasses podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrasses.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think brass.